Well, during this series, we have a lot of different additions um, as a part of the worship service, both online and in person. Um, So thank you to all of those who have helped to add those additional pieces. Our choir has recorded several new pieces of music and learned new songs. So thank you to our Wesley Choir and to our praise team. Gary Brubaker has done an amazing job putting all of our music together. Um, And so thank you to Gary um, and for um, all of those who helped to decorate the church and make all of those plans and preparations for Melody Mokros and Greg Mokros, Mike Saxby, and so many others. Um, Thank you. Uh, We're in the season of Advent um, and doing this series, uh, Angels Among Us. Um, We're uh, we're talking about what Advent is. Advent is a season of preparation. Um, It's a season of waiting, preparing for Jesus to be born, Uh, but not just in the past and not just retelling the story, but how Jesus is being born again today and how Jesus will come again. And this waiting, this waiting can be passive. (laughs) I don't know if you've ever had to wait for anything. Um, We were with uh, my nieces um, up in Wisconsin last weekend, um, and um, there were times that uh, my niece Noelle was just wanted things right then, and um, there were times that she just had to be told, what do you have to be, or what do you need? Patience. Um, Waiting can be hard for any age, especially when there's something that you're really looking forward to. Um, And there's a part of waiting that makes it feel like you're not in control. Um, So this Advent really isn't that passive kind of waiting. Um, It's actively waiting and preparing for Jesus. And throughout the story of Jesus' birth, uh, angels bring messages and it's actually not just Jesus' birth, but throughout the scriptures, angels bring messages to the people, to people of work that they're being called into to prepare for Jesus. So we're going to look at what these messages are and how they invite you into the story to share a message as well. We'll look at messages of more hope, more love, more peace, more joy, and less fear. So this morning, more hope. Would you pray with me? God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. All right, well, let's talk about angels a little bit, Um, because I think what you're probably picturing as an angel is not all that biblical. And that's completely normal. It's totally fine. Um, I think that we have pictures of angels that are often more, uh, more hallmarky than biblical. <clears throat> um, you're probably thinking of like those rosy-cheeked little cherubs, you know, um, I don't know, maybe Roma Downey, um, thinking about those angels. Uh, maybe that's your picture. Um, and so if those are your pictures, that's not exactly what we're talking about during the series. Um, And we're not going to talk about biblical angels either, but I want to tell you a little bit about biblical angels Um, because biblical angels really weren't all that mm, cute. Um, Here's how some of the descriptions biblically of angels were. Um, Isaiah, in the book of Isaiah, described described, uh, angels as having six wings, Two wings covering their faces, two wings covering their feet, and two wings flying. Um, So, you know, six-winged creatures, like you do. Um, Ezekiel's vision um, of cherubs, um, every cherub or every angel had the face of a human being. On the right side, the face of a lion. On the left, a face of an ox. 
and each also had the face of an eagle. You know, a four-faced creature. <clears throat> Let's go on. Um, the book of Daniel has a description uh, where Daniel says, I looked up and there before me was a man dressed in linen with, his, uh, with a belt of fine gold from Euphaz around his waist. Seems normal so far, right? His body was like topaz, his face like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and his voice sounded like a multitude. So basically, Daniel's describing this angel had the face of a lightning bolt, uh, eyes of flaming torches, and um, legs and arms that gleamed like polished chrome, and a voice like thunder. Now, all of these descriptions may explain why one of the first things that angels said to people was, do not be afraid. Because if you saw one of these messengers from God, you weren't exactly calm. I mean, picture yourself as Zechariah in the temple and this creature with the face of a human being and a lion and an ox and an eagle and lightning torches. I mean, that comes to tell you something. Your first thought probably isn't, oh, this is sweet, right? Your first thought is, dear sweet baby Jesus. <laughs> At least that's my first thought. Now, oftentimes, um, these um, messengers, if you weren't concerned about the appearance of the messengers, okay, fine. Um, so you're not concerned about the appearance of the messengers. If an angel of God is coming to you, they're coming to tell you something. And so if you're not afraid of what they look like, you're probably going to be afraid of what they have to say or what they're coming to tell or ask you. Now, oftentimes these messengers were bringing messages of work to be done on behalf of or alongside God. Mary, you're going to have a baby. Hey, Zechariah, you're going to be a dad. Um, all of these projects or missions that are given to people. Um, an angel telling Abraham to leave his homeland. Moses being told by a burning bush to go see Pharaoh. You know, all the angel stuff. So all of these reminders of do not be afraid were both like a present reminder, like don't be afraid, I know what I look like, don't be afraid, and also kind of that future, you're going to not be afraid to do what this is that God's called you to do. <clears throat> now, maybe throughout all of that description, you are the kind of person that you're like, angels, for real, we're really talking about angels? which is a totally fair response as well. Um, so if we can think about these angels by their description and what they do, angels were messengers. They were bringers of good news. They were bringers of messages of hope, peace, love, and joy. Do not be afraid. In the Gospel of Luke, where our passage comes from today, uh, the birth of Jesus is told in 21 verses. The birth of Jesus' cousin, John, more commonly known as John the Baptist, that's told in 24 verses. So Luke actually spends more time talking about the birth of John than the birth of Jesus. Um, Zechariah, an angel, Gabriel, tells Elizabeth that she's going to have a baby. 
Elizabeth was surprised and older, but she accepted this news with excitement. Zechariah, on the other hand, well, was a little skeptical um, and has kind of this meltdown. Um, and so then Gabriel says, well, then you're not going to be able to speak until after the baby is born. So that gives, I guess that gives Zechariah or maybe everybody a little bit of peace and quiet to, um, to figure life out. Um, and when Zechariah writes down John's name, his mouth is opened back up and his first words are a song. I mean, in some ways, it's this outburst of joy, a joyful, uh, an outburst of joyful expectation. Zechariah reminds of the promises of the Messiah, not just the present promises, the promises that God would care for God's people from the beginning of the covenant all the way back to Abraham. Seems like we need to have reminders about the promises of God. I think that it's because we're a, we're a forgetful people. We need to be reminded often. Do not be afraid. God is with you. But. <clears throat> now, here's that word, but. Um, it's a conjunction, right? It joins two phrases together for all of you uh, English majors or for those of you who are, um, uh, who are good at grammar. Um, but is a conjunction. It joins two ideas together. Also, I think that but is also kind of a canceler. Um, it cancels one idea out in favor of the other. Like, you know, I'm sorry, but it's kind of your fault. What did the but just do there? Um, I think that's a great idea, but I think I can do it better. I'd love to come to that party, but I, have, I just have some other things to do. Now, but often shuts everything down. When Zechariah is presented with the idea of a baby, his first response is, but I'm old. This isn't possible. I can't handle this. What kind of nonsense is this? Do not be afraid. I mean, we often have a lot of excuses when God calls us out of our comfort zone. I mean, they're called comfort zones for a reason, right? And to leave them, it's frightening. But I have so many things to say. Do not be afraid. Leaving your comfort zone um, makes you vulnerable. And Brene Brown, who is an expert on vulnerability, she's written a number of books, had a number of talks on vulnerability. She says vulnerability is not winning or losing. It's having the courage to show up and be seen when we have no control over the outcome. Vulnerability is not weakness. It's our greatest measure of courage. People who wade into discomfort and vulnerability and tell the truth about their stories are the real ones. Being vulnerable about our own stories and our own lives invites others to be vulnerable and honest about theirs as well. Vulnerability gives up control of what might be. And in the last few years, like these have been, when so much has been out of our control, it can be so hard to just want to hold on. And I think sometimes we think holding on is a good thing, but there also comes a point when you're holding on just too tight and you just can't do it anymore. 
And so we desperately try to make, to hold on, to, to try to control. And that desperate need to control is what's anything but hopeful. It insists on our own ways and our own comforts, makes decisions based on fear. Do not be afraid. It shouts that there is never enough anything. And so we hoard what we have because we have it and no one else can take it from us. All of this is the opposite of being vulnerable and the opposite of do not be afraid. But, and so Gabriel's response to Zechariah, but I'm old, I'm Gabriel. I imagine that's a part of God's response when we respond with, but I'm too old. Oh, I'm God, but I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, hi, I'm God, but I don't have enough. I'm God, but I'm God. Can you just imagine that conversation? But... But is a fear that cancels out our belief in what God can do. And that fear, that fear says to God, I can't leave my comfort zone. And that fear tells, us, tells God, I can't trust you in what you might have for me. Do not be afraid. That fear tells us there's just not enough hope to go around. But I'm God. Do not be afraid. All of those things are just not true. There's more hope. Do not be afraid. <clears throat> About a month ago, um, I was uh, at um, one of the hospitals in Rockford visiting um, some folks there. Um, and uh, it was one of the days where I was, you know, running a few different places and I had, there was no parking spots available. Um, and um, the hospital has a parking spot that has, uh, that's for clergy only. And so there's a, a cute little sign that says, um, thou shalt not park here, clergy parking only. Um, and I always laugh whenever I see that and I take a picture. Um, and so, uh, you know, I parked in this spot um, and then I'm, uh, you know, headed up to the hospital and this person um, is walking alongside me and they said, hey, um, you parked in that spot that says for clergy only. Um, what's a clergy? Like, are you a super special doctor or something? And I was like, oh no, um, a clergy is, it's like an ordained person um, or a pastor. And they're like, oh, so you got ordained online for a special parking spot? Like, yeah, that's, I wish. Um, I said, well, no, I did not. I'm ordained in the United Methodist Church. And then they were like, oh, yeah, like you're one of those people who tells people they're going to hell, right? Um, you tell people all the bad things that they do. I gotcha. And I was like, oh, no, I'm not like that either. I mean, yes, I know that those exist, but I'm not like that kind either. And they seem to get a little frustrated at this point. They're like, okay, so what, what kind are you? Where do you tell people that they're going? I said, well, I try not to tell people where they're going. I try to leave that up to God. I try to be the kind of pastor who tells people about grace and how much God loves them and how we can make the world better. 
And they stopped and they said, oh, well, that's interesting. I don't know that I've ever heard of those kind before. Well, what are you doing here at this hospital then? I said, well, I'm visiting someone here in the hospital to pray with them. And you'll tell them that God loves them? Absolutely. That's right, I will. It's probably really nice for people to know, especially when they're in the hospital. I said, yeah, I think it is. And they kind of paused and said, so do you think God really loves me or am I going to hell? And I said, well, here's what I can tell you for sure. I can tell you for sure that God loves you and there's nothing you can do about that. Nothing separates you from God's love. And a smile kind of creeped over their face and they said, well, thanks. I didn't know I would run into a clergy today, let alone one who might tell me I'm loved. I guess that makes it a good day for me. And I hope a good day for you too. I said, thank you. I'm glad for this as well. Do not be afraid. What if we believe that there was more hope to be shared? How would the world be changed? Just by saying God loves you, how much more hope would there be given? Do not be afraid. Ah, uh, but I'm not a pastor. I can't say those things. I'm God. I'm asking you to do them. Do not be afraid. I am with you always. Marcia McPhee, um, in her series, Information for This, she says, angels are sometimes portrayed in scripture, certainly in religious art throughout history as having wings. Just as angels are symbols of God's messages to us as God's presence with us, feathers symbolize the spirit of God, the ability to span any distance between heaven and earth, and the freedom to fly new heights in our lives as we claim God's possibility for our lives and for our world. So, Maybe you have a feather at home that you can put in your pocket or in your purse or on a keychain, or maybe you need a feather, and we have some here at the church, that you can just look at and be reminded to keep your eyes open to God's messengers in your life and also to God's power to be a messenger of hope in the midst of every day, in each encounter with every person you meet. Do not be afraid. There is always more hope. Do you need more hope? Do not be afraid. But what if? Do not be afraid. I'm God. So this season, may we look for the messengers and the way that we're called to share the messages of hope. Do not be afraid. Let's share more hope together. Thanks be to God. Amen.